We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member SDIC. Uh, Very happy Memorial Day to all of you. Uh, thank you to all those who have served. We uh, are so greatly appreciative of all of you. Matthew Lane, hello. How are we today? Listen, I, I'm doing pretty good. Um, this entire show is just going to be us live reacting to the Eastern Conference Finals as the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics are playing. Um, thank you for joining us for this Kansas City Chiefs football coverage where we talk exclusively about heat culture. Shout out to everyone that is prioritizing Live off-season Casey Laboratory over Game 7 right now. Very much appreciate you. Uh, so, uh, Craig's not here. He's doing great. He's doing fantastic. He's good. He's okay. He's doing fantastic, I would say. I think Craig is great. But, uh, yeah, it's just going to be Craig and Maddie and I today. And, obviously, some news has happened since we last got together on this fine program. Because uh, one of the players that we've spent a lot of time talking about this offseason as a potential possibility for the Kansas City Chiefs in a trade in some capacity uh, for the last couple months, DeAndre Hopkins uh, will be released. Not technically official. Uh, was not on the waiver wire on Friday, but will be getting released by the Arizona Cardinals in an official capacity. The announcement's already been made by the team. Uh, just initial reactions, Matthew, that we've got to this point where Thought he was a potential trade candidate in February, March. Now we sit here in uh, in May, and he's on the open market. Well, I mean, first of all, it's not official yet. I, I mean, it's the Cardinals' last-ditch effort to get a team to maybe try to offer something, right? Like, this is your final thing. Hey, we're going to release you, but then it's not going to become official until whenever. Uh, this is what Rodney Hudson with the Raiders uh, a few years back, right? Right before he went to the Cardinals. They... 
announced they were going to release him and then he ended up getting traded after they, that announcement came through. I'm sure it's happened again before. It's so, like this was this is the Cardinals like final tiny bit of leverage they can try to throw out there. I doubt it gains any traction if we're just kind of looking through reading the tea leaves from, you know, your Albert Breers or anybody close to the situation. Nobody's gotten that close to trading for him. It sounds like the Chiefs, maybe the Bills were probably the closest at some point in time, but still not that close. It still sounds like, you know, both everybody was kind of far away from wanting to take on Hopkins, his cap hit and to take on that contract. So I think it's inevitable that he hits free agency and then when that happens, the time frame gets silly. When, he, when does he need to sign by? When does a veteran wide receiver that can probably pick up any playbook in the NFL at this point in time and can get going, like, when does he need to sign by and stuff like that? This this timetable could drag on a little bit. Yeah. No, this is, this is going to get very interesting, uh, all of it. And we'll spend some time talking about the timeline on DeAndre Hopkins here in a little bit. But when I was kind of just – the initial reaction is like – I. We've gone through all this and this discussion for the last couple months. DeAndre Hopkins' name has been thrown around a lot here on this show, on about every Chiefs show imaginable. And I, I don't know. I, I think it was going to take a special situation to have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins released. And I think the perfect storm kind of hit in Arizona. First off, Arizona's terrible. They're a terrible football team. Uh, their ownership has some recent issues and is not particularly well regarded. Um, just taking those two things into consideration, also taking into consideration, DeAndre Hopkins is coming off a six game suspension. He's coming off. Uh, he, he's, he's a giant cap hit for 2023. The, it was just kind of a perfect storm. I think for a player of DeAndre Hopkins caliber, do not be, you know, to, to not find an opportunity in a trade. And I'm not here to say that DeAndre Hopkins is 28-year-old DeAndre Hopkins because he's not, but he's still a good football player. And you would have thought that some team would have been able to figure out a way to make it work to trade for. But that's just not the reality. The reality is he's available. He's going to be available. And I, I'm very fascinated where things go from here. From the, You talk about the timeline, but... I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy to think that no team was was willing to do this for him at all. You know, and, and maybe maybe it's a little bit of doing right by DeAndre. And DeAndre really didn't want uh, to go to some of the teams that actually have the cap space to be able to do it too. I yeah. Um. So I try to figure out where we want to start with this. Um. DeAndre Hopkins and where he is now. Wherever. Okay. Uh, okay, looking at what DeAndre Hopkins is right now, because I think a lot of people are going to just look at like what the stat line has been over the last two years and some stuff like that and not fully take into account, I think, everything that maybe is going on there. So I think if you start and go back to, the like you said, the 28-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, his first year in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury, with Kyler Murray, when that offensive system was, I don't even want to say good, just new, when it was still presenting new challenges to defenses, he was amazing. He was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he averaged over three yards per route run against uh, man coverage. If people think of DeAndre Hopkins as a zone view, no, this is against man coverage. He was one of the best wide receivers versus man coverage in 2020. And then in 2020, he was still very good versus zone coverage. The thing is, though, against Arizona, nobody wanted to play man coverage that often, right? You didn't get a ton of looks, but he was highly efficient when he got them. 
you even go look through 2021 before his injury or in 2022, his yards, like he wasn't that effective versus man coverage in 2021 or 2022. But you look at the amount of reps, it's very low. And because teams just don't play man coverage versus the Cardinals. And I think that skewed a lot of his stats. So it's just, I don't know how far he's fallen off is I guess what I'm trying to get at. I don't think he's 2020 DeAndre Hopkins, but if you look at him when he's been you know healthier and playing with Kyler Murray, because you have to remember the Kyler Murray also got hurt last year and he was catching passes from Kent and then catches from passes from me. Like that's what he was playing with last year at some point. So like when you look at him with a healthy Kyler Murray, he was still really darn good. He was still a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL putting up stats. Like he came back in his first two weeks back from his suspension, you know, coming off of his injury and then his suspension last year were great. And then you started getting injuries to the quarterback and stuff. So I don't know. I feel like people have oversold the fall of DeAndre Hopkins. And I think he's still, when he's healthy right now, a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And I, I don't know what you can really use to poke a hole into that. Yeah, top 10-ish is is probably about right. Um, I think we've, I, I, we might've talked about this at some point this summer too. I don't think his game is going to age too poorly because Deandre Hopkins, his game has never been built around being an elite athlete. It's been built around being a, a really quality technical receiver, a guy that can win at the catch point. Um, you know, a savvy route runner, you know, good spatial awareness, good zone awareness, all that kind of stuff. And so you see all those kind of qualities and I it's I'm not comparing him to Travis Kelsey. I'm just saying the way the, those both those guys' games aged I think extremely well uh both. Both of them just I think aged you know extremely well. So I still think that there's a lot left in the tank for someone. Like I genuinely think that there's a lot left in the tank for DeAndre Hopkins. Now yeah, there's there's some downsides to to him as a you know like he the, the all reports are he's not much of a practicer these days. He's not going to spend a ton of time practicing. You know that's one thing you kind of got to pay attention to a little bit. Um, with all this is you know maybe there's some some culture fit questions about practice and like obviously it's load management for you know for for veterans. But how how interested are the are the Chiefs in doing something like that? So now hold on, does. In, Will he not practice for a new team that's giving him a chance to win a Super Bowl? Or is this he only wanted to practice one day with a guy that wanted to spend all his time playing Call of Duty? And I say that partially in jest, but like what it was the difference between being on the Arizona Cardinals versus being on the Chiefs or a, another playoff Super Bowl contending team? Would he be a lot more willing to practice more often? Or, and even if he's only practicing one day a week or very limited in his practice, if he's producing like he has when he has been healthy in the past, playing with a starting level quarterback, who cares? Yeah. Why, why? I don't think that's something. I think that's something that fans get a little bent out of shape out of because of because they don't like the optics of it. But if it's working, it's no issue. And like if the only time that becomes a problem is if it doesn't work. And if it's not working, I think the issue is bigger than the practice habits. It's more so, oh, his body is just completely toast. And that's just a bet that I think I'm willing to take at this point because I agree with you. The way DeAndre Hopkins wins does work well going as he gets older. It ages very well, similar to, like you said, Travis Kelsey. He is a guy that's always going to be good against zone coverage because he understands it. He understands how to manipulate it. He understands where the soft spots are. And even the way that he attacks man coverage, it's not with raw speed. It's not with just short area agility or change of direction stuff that can go with age. 
It's all about the technique and how he sets everything up. That stuff ages with you. So not locking yourself in long term, I don't see the downside specifically from just the talent perspective or the age side. I tend to agree when it comes to just like a blanket statement of like, hey, should the Chiefs be looking at him? Should the Chiefs be trying to grab a guy like him? Should they be interested? The answer is yes. And by all indications, the Chiefs have been interested in some capacity because you know, they've uh, there's reports that they've had the chance to talk to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they've been given permission to talk to DeAndre Hopkins as back as recently as a couple months back. So this isn't something new um, that, you know, that, that's coming up. I, there's been smoke to the Chiefs and DeAndre Hopkins for this entire offseason. It's just now the process has been completed in a big way where we've gone from should the Chiefs trade for him? How much should the Chiefs trade to get him? Will he be willing to work this contract out? And some things have been resolved because there's no draft capital associated with with the rights to DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Now it's going to be a question of okay, uh, what's the what's the cost? What's the sal- what, What's what's the what's the contract going to look like for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? And that's what's going to get really interesting. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his fit potentially in Kansas City, but first we're going to take a quick break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Take a sip. Go for it, Matthew. There you go. What is, is that? A, is, that a, is that a LaCroix? It is. boy. I've got a, uh, I got a San Pellegrino. A little, little, uh, little here uh, as well. Uh, just, you know, sipping on that a little bit. 
I think I want to get into the fit of DeAndre Hopkins more okay. than I want to get on the contract quite quite yet. I think it probably makes logical sense to say, okay, if he's going to fit within this offense, here's what you're getting. Here's how it helps. Here's what it does. And then we can talk about what that's worth uh, at this well, juncture. I think this is super easy. Um, so think last year and Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Now give him like, like a Mario Mushroom, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> that's all that's happening. You're, I mean, like, last year we talked about how good Juju Smith-Schuster was for the Chiefs, and I 100% agree. I think he was excellent with the Chiefs. He was super important to a lot of what they did up until the point where he started to get injured in the last half of the year. Then things got a little inconsistent up and down. But here's the thing. Even as good as Juju Smith-Schuster was last year, specifically versus zone coverage, guess who was even a little bit better just in terms of the yards per route run? DeAndre Hopkins. And that, again, includes catching passes from not Patrick Mahomes and not getting to play in this Chiefs offense. Like, right, he's not even getting to play in as good of an offense under Andy Reid with as good of a quarterback. And still, and what many people consider DeAndre Hopkins' worst year, he was actually just a tiny bit better and right on par for the most part, but a tiny bit better in some metrics, a tiny bit worse in others than Juju Smith-Schuster, who kind of gets universal praise for his fit in the Chiefs offense. And then you flip over and start looking at, okay, against man coverage. Neither of those two were actually that good last year versus man coverage, but again, DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals like saw like no wide receiver saw more than like 20 targets versus man coverage all year last year because teams don't play it against the Cardinals. It just doesn't work versus that team. There's no reason to play man coverage versus Kyler Murray and Cliffs Kingsbury. So you have to go back further and just the fit is 100% right on the Juju Smith-Schuster to me. The biggest weakness or concern you have with Hopkins is how well he beats man coverage and you just look at what he's replacing. Juju, what that wasn't Juju's go-to thing either. He had some success there, and I think Hopkins would have even more, but that's not what you're trying to replace. You're replacing the reliability, and you're replacing the zone-beating ability. Well, and this is where I think things get a little bit interesting for me when I think about adding a DeAndre Hopkins into, into the mix. So how much man coverage do the Chiefs even see if Kelsey and New Hopkins are on the field. Right. No, I agree with you. It's not going to be a lot. It, it definitely won't be a ton. And like that's that's the thing I keep coming back to. It's like part of me wonders if the Chiefs see a little bit more man coverage if the Chiefs don't have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins on the field and it's just Travis Kelsey. Like part of me wonders if there's enough talent on the field for teams to be terrified and scared enough and want to just zone it up the way that they did last year. And that's something I keep going back to and thinking about as a theme for this offense is, do we think, let's just, I'll ask you this question, Matthew, without DeAndre Hopkins, do you think teams try to play a little bit more man, try to wear Travis Kelsey out and try to test the unproven group of receivers around Patrick Mahomes? It gets tricky because Mahomes has gotten so good at running first man coverage, right? Especially if you're going to play two man and only have deep safeties. Mahomes has gotten really darn good at making teams pay with his legs. However, you take that all day versus letting Travis Kelsey or Andy Reid beat zone coverage, right? So yeah, I think the Chiefs would see more man coverage. It would, I would liken it back to stretches even in uh, 20, I think it was 20, the 2020 season when Tyreek Hill was missing a little bit of time. The Chiefs saw more man coverage during during that stretch, and it became a little difficult at times, or not difficult, but inconsistent. The Chiefs inconsistently moved the ball. The Chiefs were inconsistent in terms of churning in drive after drive because sometimes they had guys that were simply not getting open, 
I do think they would run into that issue a little bit more if they don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. Somebody has to come out and prove they can beat man coverage, or teams will probably challenge them to do it a little bit more often. Well, and I'll just add to that, too, that, you know, I think Travis Kelsey's longevity is, again, like, I know we keep making jokes, like, I bring this up every single offseason the last three seasons, and it's like, I mean, Travis Kelsey's still on the wrong side of 30, and yes, this man is unbelievable and he's an iron man and he's been able to play at an unbelievably high level but i just i I, more man i don't want travis kelsey seeing more man coverage i don't want to see him getting you know bracketed more like that's not something i'm really hoping to see more of and the the door could be open to that a little bit more yes i understand you know mahomes has shown and, and you know been able to to do more uh you know, against man coverage, you know, with with his legs and figured out and solved problems. But I think a I think a team if they're physical enough, you know, I think that could be a downfall for this football team without additional support. All that to say, I think teams are going to think twice about that approach if they're able if the Chiefs are able to kind of strength or stretch that that offensive group a little bit more with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in the mix. I think teams will be a little bit less hesitant to try to play man. There's enough talent on the field, you know, that there's going to be some, you know, reason to pause and just just kind of zone it up and and hope to contain it. The kind of the, you know, hey, we're going to give you what you, you know, we're going to give you stuff between the twenties, and we're going to try to tighten up in the red, and we're going to try to force you to kick field goals. Like that's you know what teams are trying anyway. But I, I think you could see more man coverage if you don't add a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. No, for sure. And this isn't to say the Chiefs' offense is going to be terrible with <laughs> without DeAndre Hopkins. This isn't to say no. they're not going to be able to do anything. I just it, It's coming back to the point, it's just going to be a little bit more inconsistent. There's going to be some more three-and-out drives. There's going to be some more times where things just kind of fall flat. I mean, even last year, when whether the wide receiver room was better or not, by the end of the year, it was obviously there had more continuity, and they understood what they were doing. I just went back and watched a lot of the playoff games and a couple late-season games. There is wide receiver miscommunication stuff all over the field. Even in the Super Bowl, even against the Philadelphia Eagles in a must-win game in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs multiple times had two wide receivers running into the exact same spot of the field. There were numerous times where it looked like Mahomes was trying to get the ball out to somebody, and they had no way of leveraging out. They didn't have a triangle to read out there. It was just one person in there, and it clearly looked like Mahomes was expecting there to be some kind of stretch element. Like, I have a feeling, and we can even go to Corndog, where the second time, the the formation was wrong, right? There's just, there was a lot. I think there's a lot of just small mental errors from the wide receiver room, even last year as you got to the end of the season. Stuff like that is going to show up more often when you have a new room, a bunch of new guys, a bunch of young guys, a bunch of guys that have not proven to be a level of reliable or consistent at this point in time. And these are all things that someone like Hopkins, or if there was another veteran out there that the Chiefs could bring in, and could solve some of those issues. You all of a sudden would get a guy that's more reliable. You would get a guy that can kind of come in and solve some of those issues. So like that, that along with the fit, along with his actual skill and ability on the field, make it a no-brainer for me. I did want to ask you this question, though. If you're the Chiefs, are you concerned at all about bringing Hopkins in and what that might mean for other young wide receivers on, on the team currently? No. And I go back and forth a little bit, and I've actually thought a lot about this, but 
like this is this is going to be a group of young like young unproven guys as it is and yes it could stunt and delay you know the development of this group anyway right but you're giving yourself another chance to win a super bowl in a you know you're you're increasing your odds to get you know to 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 you know to to win your super bowl because you're checking another box of hey this is something that could you know could be a uh, a, a point of failure for the 2023 Chiefs with the receiver group. I think, you know, the guys that it hurts the most are guys maybe making the bottoming of the roster and getting a chance to develop. But I don't think it's just going to completely stunt the growth, growth of Sky Moore or Rashi Rice. And I'll say this about Rashi Rice. This is the thing I was thinking about with Rashi Rice. If we operate under the premise that we think DeAndre Hopkins lets this team see more zone coverage, arrow points up for Rashi Rice in that in that case because you know there he's a lot of people you know Patrick Mahomes talking about his ability against zone and in what he really liked about his you know you know finding soft spots and all that stuff I believe some of the the numbers kind of show hey he's better against zone coverage than he is against man coverage could actually be arrow up for a Rashi Rice so I don't know if I'm too worried about the the growth being stunted too much when it comes to adding another veteran receiver um, like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, same thing. I don't, I'm not overly concerned because we've seen it time and time again. This Chiefs offensive playbook maybe is a little difficult for some young guys to get a hold of or to fully wrap their minds around. And I, I don't want to specifically say because we don't know the calls or everything that's supposed to go, but it looked like Sky Moore throughout the year was struggling to get some of the adjustments right mid route. We think about to the 49ers game where he didn't wrap around a coverage player and drifted upfield and it led to an interception. I'm thinking about a specific play in the Super Bowl where it looked like he kind of cut his post off a little bit flatter and should have continued it upfield away from the covers. Like little things like that. And I think Rasheed Rice, coming from an SMU offense that is very air raid based, where he played in a pretty simplistic system comparatively, it might take him a little bit of time. So what is the downside to having him learn from a guy that he models his game after for a year or two? Oh, what? The Chiefs don't have to have MVS moving forward next season. You're telling me you can't find a way to put a Hopkins and a Rice and a Tony and a Sky Moore all involved in the offense next year if you had Hopkins for more than one year. For this year, I'm not concerned about a rookie learning and getting sporadic reps. So I don't think it would be upsetting to me at all. I don't think it would harm some of those guys. I still think there's plenty of space for Katoni until he gets hurt and for Sky Moore to operate alongside Hopkins. The one player I think it would say not great things about, it, it would really make me wonder what the Chiefs thought Justin Ross's health really was at. Because I do think or, it would get really yeah. hard to keep Justin Ross at that point. Or ability. I mean, not to yeah. say that he, you know, just or, or or trust or belief in him as a as a as a asset moving forward. I mean, that's that's really the one. I think we might have even said that in recent memory. It's just Justin Ross is a guy that could potentially hurt, but one thing I, I, I've thought a lot about just the receiving core as a kind of reminds me of the secondary last year. The Chiefs went real young last year in the secondary and they, little trial by fire, you know, they didn't have a ton of, you know, veteran leadership there. Um, they were relying on guys like Rashad Fenton to play and then a bunch of young guys that we're going to figure out. Part of me wonders if the Chiefs are trying to do that with the receiver core with a really young, unproven group, uh, throwing them into the fire, giving them a ton of opportunities, let them grow with Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Like, I wonder if that's what we're looking at 
when it comes to how they're trying to approach the receiver room. Now, kind of part of me wonders if we, you know, we might have been looking at cornerback a little bit as, as a veteran ad late last year just to continue to add depth to that group, even though there was a lot of young prospects, just adding some guys into the mix there. And the Chiefs wound up not needing it. You know, they, they wound up trading away veterans, whatever veterans were there at their cornerback position. So it kind of just wonder if the Chiefs, you know, if they don't grab a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, it's almost like they're just, you know, they're throwing a bunch of young guys to the fire that haven't seen a ton of opportunities yet. I mean, it's for sure. And it's definitely a possibility because you liken it to that cornerback room and it would be a very similar concept of what, what they did last year with the defensive side of the ball. They didn't really have a ton of veteran presence. They kind of, they were forced to play some rookies. Granted, one of them was like a really highly thought after first rounder until he got hurt, but like they were going to be forced to playing a young guy anyway. And then they kind of made the decision that, okay, even when Rashad Fitton is healthy, we're still going to roll with our young guys. And the Chiefs could do that on the offensive side. It's just, I think that it's a little different when you decide to do it with the side or the part of the football team where you make your money where you're, you know, where your bread is getting buttered. You don't want to mess with the offensive side of the ball. I don't think in that way. That's not, I get why you would experiment there because it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and they can make it easier, but it's also not necessarily what you want to make more difficult. If the defense struggles a little bit, oh darn, the Chiefs offense has to score more points again, like they always do. If the offense struggles a little bit, now you're putting pressure on the other side of the ball, which has been less with less consistent, but now it does feel like the defense is peaking a little bit. So maybe if there was a time and this kind of era of the Chiefs and the, whatever this rendition of the team is, maybe this is the time where you could fall back on the defense a little more while you take that gamble. I can see both sides of it at, from that perspective for sure. I think the funny thing is, is they kind of experimented a little bit last year with changes to the offense and the receiver. Room. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing is, they experimented last year with, you know, hey, we're going to go Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and we're going to save cash and we're going to get draft picks and we're going to say goodbye to Tyreek Hill. We're not going to be built through, you know, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey anymore. And so they kind of experimented last year. They messed around and won the Super Bowl. This feels like an even more scaled back version of experimentation where it's like, okay, now, you know, we're not we're not signing anyone. We're just going to roll with uh, a first round pick from 20. Uh, we're going to uh, Kadarius Tony. We're going to roll with our second round pick last year and our second round pick this year. And Mark was about to scan You know, they don't have the direct Juju Smith Schuster replacement. Maybe they're going to try to get it in the ag aggregate. And that's where the experiment is this year is can you get in the aggregate and can you force teams to play you a certain way? You know, I think that'll be because like I think it could be a learning curve in some regard for some guys if there isn't a little bit more support within this structure. And that's what kind of that's where DeAndre Hopkins comes in for me. And that's where, you know, kind of some of the questions start. It's going to be very interesting. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody that is hanging out with us here on Memorial Day. Uh, hope you all uh, had a uh, had a good time uh, this uh, this uh, this long weekend. So I want to talk. You know, we 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 here up eleven at half. So that, that's that's a good time for everybody. It's a good yeah. time for everybody right now. Matthew, because you're talking about this, I just want you to go ahead and congratulate one of these teams on winning the Eastern Conference Finals before You the are game. not putting that on me right now. I'm yes. too emotionally invested. No, I want you, you need to do it because you keep hearkening back to something and telling people to not watch our show. So I'm I need not. you. I need it's anybody, I think anybody when, that's when, listening. When we wrap up, it'll halftime will be over. It'll be perfect. I think anybody that's listening on Tuesday morning needs to know who you're congratulating. That's oh. what I think. Listen, Heat Culture already has that plane booked to Denver. After after this <laughs> game, that, that plane's already booked. It's wild. You know, they have to leave Boston one way or the other. So, you know, God forbid they book their flight to Denver to be ready just in case they win because I don't know, you kind of have to book flights in this world so you don't crash in the air. If only <laughs> Craig would explain this to everybody. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I want the Heat to win. The fact that they're up 11 makes me think it'll be close going into the fourth. I'm not betting against Jimmy Butler in a close in a, in a close game. Okay, so let's just we we just got done talking about DeAndre Hopkins' fit and how great of a fit we think it is. Um, and that we think he's a good player. We let off with the fact that we think he's still a pretty good football player as well. So, so, so where do we go next, Kent? I want to talk about the contract. Ah, uh, that that little hurdle. I want to talk about what we think it takes, what we think he gets. You know, it's tricky. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., one-year, $15 million deal. I'm looking at some heavy bonuses that got prorated over, you know, four void years added to the contract. So they're going to be paying uh, dead money oh, for through 2027. I mean, like they're just they're they're gonna take two point seven million dollars off the cap for the next four years. It looks like, in order to accommodate and fit Odell, Be- Odell Beckham Jr. into uh, into the cap, and that's just the cap because there's the, there's the cash conversation too. Like there's just a lot there's a there's a lot of layers when it comes to the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are going to have to extend Chris Jones in order to make this work. Extending Chris Jones in and of itself is not going to be cheap. Like that's, I think, where you start to make this kind of move work. Like, look, there is there are ways and there's levers to pull that the Chiefs can make this happen if they really, really want to. It's just a matter of if, and it's going to start with Chris Jones' contract extension. I don't think they're speeding up the timeline on Chris Jones' extension to sign DeAndre Hopkins, which is why you kind of hope this drags out throughout the offseason where DeAndre Hopkins doesn't find a team in the next week because I don't think Chris Jones' deal is getting announced in the next week, Maddie. Yeah, and this goes back to, I think, a point we brought in 
earlier as well. It's the fact that there's not necessarily a huge rush, I don't think, for DeAndre Hopkins to sign with the team. I don't think he has to be here for this part of offseason, for this part of camp. He can kind of show up at training camp time or a little be- get signed a little before it and everything will be fine. So I don't think there is a big need to rush Chris Jones uh, extension or whatever, figure out whatever you're going to do there just to make sure you get Hopkins signed right now, right? Like, I don't think that that's something that has to happen or will happen for this to work. That said, I also don't see it happening before Chris Jones extension happens. There's the cap space is one. Uh, you mentioned the void con the void years in the contract for Odell Beckham Jr. I don't, I don't foresee the chiefs doing that. Nope. I don't foresee them matching it. He's a Hopkins has been better than Odell Beckham Jr. And their peaks, he was better. And that says a lot because Odell Beckham's peak was great. And even through the last couple of years, he's been better. Glass a little less injured. He's been a better player than Odell Beckham Jr. has. So it's easy to see why people would think he'd make that much money. If it's with the Chiefs, though, it just won't be that same structure. There's just no chance that they do those void years, especially with that much money going into the future. It would likely have to be either a multi-year deal or it would have to come completely after a Chris Jones restructure and then the Chiefs would have to be willing to fork up the cash up front. And a Chris Jones extension, you know what that costs, Kent? More cash. A lot of cash. That's a lot of cash going out for the extension. Then it would be a lot of cash to pay DeAndre Hopkins on a straight up one year deal as well. So like there's avenues, but it's still going to be tricky either way. It's going to be very tricky. It, it all of it's going to be very tricky. If I mean if yeah, I mean if DeAndre Hopkins wants to play for a winner, I think it's going to be tricky because all the winners are kind of up against the cap. There's not a ton of teams with cap space yeah. right now that are that are, you know, that are flush with cash. Uh, or cap cash is even the right word. Cap space, just cap space. And here's here's the only thing I think about with all this. If if DeAndre Hopkins was getting close to Odell Beckham Jr. money, well, it, you would think the Cardinals would eat a few million dollars and get a draft pick. Like if there was a team out there willing to. And maybe partial. Maybe it's because of the structure of the contract that's making it tricky. Because Odell got to, you know, the, Odell signed a contract that added four void years, and that makes things a lot more amenable. Even though it's the same amount of, you know, cost. Yeah. Maybe that's what the 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 fallout is, or or, or the issue is there. So I that's what I that's what I'm kind of curious about is like how could they not, you know, find somebody willing to to eat the cap space and pay the cash for DeAndre Hopkins if someone was willing to do it. Is it just simply how Odell structured that bad boy or what? And I mean, the following question too is, did the Ravens purely just overpay for Odell Beckham Jr. too? Like I, it said the reporting has made it sound like the DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins kind of adjusted his thoughts on what he was going to get or what to do based around the Odell Beckham Jr. contract. But like, we don't know that. We'll never know if that's true or not. Everybody was supposed to reassess their value after the Christian Kirk deal, which one ended up being a fine deal for the Jaguars, but two didn't really have that much of a bearing on the wide receiver market as a whole, right? So there's no guarantee that Beckham's contract actually matters when it comes to Nuke or not. So we're going to find out as this plays out, did the Ravens simply overpay or did this set a precedent? I think it will probably be hard to end this for DeAndre Hopkins to sign a contract where his maximum payout isn't coming close to what Odell Beckham Jr. is. However, it's going to be structured. Like he's probably going to want to make at the end of it, you know, as much money if he can perform, whether it's an incentive-based deal 
that you know makes him work for it, but still gives him that much money or something like that. Like, I don't foresee him taking, I think people have said it, the Juju Smith-Schuster deal from you know last year, and which one, that wasn't enough. Or even the MVS deal type thing, where it's only, you know, you can just have some incentives in there. It's just, I think he is going to get paid a little bit more than what the Chiefs have paid on some veteran receivers recently, and it's probably going to have to get somehow close up to that Beckham number. I, I think you're right. Like, I think it's going to get close, and, like, a team's going to have to get creative to make it work. I'm just curious how much cash he gets to. Like, how much actual cash does Yeah. Like, and is it a, you know... First off, again, we're talking about the Chiefs having to pay a lot of cash for Chris Jones. So can they give can they give DeAndre Hopkins eight million cash and then you know seven millions and seven million and not likely to be earned incentives? Do they have the flexibility to do that after a Chris Jones deal? And are they willing to give that much cash up? Because like I don't I don't know. I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some kind of structure where it's not likely to be earned incentives. I would imagine. You know, there's going to be some easy, easy things for DeAndre Hopkins to hit just because he didn't play a full season last year. Um, so I, it's just, but I, I don't think it's going to be three million dollars. Like I think it's like it was with Juju. Like I think it's going to have to be more cash than than what you saw for a Juju. To your point, right? Well, and the tricky part is, you know, you look at contracts are weird but you go and look at Odell's the contract the big thing is the nearly 14 million dollars guaranteed the nearly 14 million dollars is the signing bonus like that's that's the hurdle and maybe that was what ended up being the issue it's not the total number that he's going to make it's just here's a guy that's just as hurt not as proven in the recent years as Hopkins and he says well this guy's getting this much guaranteed maybe I can get close to that if I hit the open market and it's like whatever that number ends up being like you said is it eight million dollars up front and then more money and these incentives that wouldn't hit, you know, the the cap space until the following season. Possibility. All of this is centered around a Chris Jones kind of uh, extension partaking, you know, having to having to happen first, and that's going to require a lot of cash. I think I saw it in the chat earlier that yeah, the Chiefs are kind of in the bottom third of the league right now. I do believe in cash spending, but just the Jones extension bumps them up into like the top ten. Like just that, it might even put them higher up in there. Like it's. It's a lot when you if you extend Chris Jones kind of to the market value of what defensive tackles are getting right now of his caliber, they're going to shoot way up that list before giving Hopkins that. So like it would be entirely up to Hunt saying, "Hey, I will fork over all this money right now. I'll put all this money into escrow right this moment." And that's just a conversation that Brett Beach or Andy Reid or whoever has to have with him to get him to do it because that's I think the only way it'll be doable for the Chiefs. It's going to be all about that money right up front how much cash can they give him immediately right and that's going to be the big question so how much uh, if i set the over under on would whoever deon first off deandre hopkins is he a chief week one yes or no well so here we have this is the next issue is the other teams involved right i mean i think everybody has the chiefs and the bills at the top two i i tweeted this out i think the Bills should 100 overpay for DeAndre Hopkins. They should find whatever the Chiefs want to pay and pay more, even if they think that's higher than what they want. Because you think the Bills can't risk losing to the Chiefs or the Bengals again in the playoffs. They can't afford another year of not getting to the Super Bowl, or it's just gonna it's gonna look bad. It's gonna be hard for that team to recover. It's gonna be hard for them to lose another year of that Von Miller, another year where some of their contracts are very palatable. They can't afford to let the Chiefs get DeAndre Hopkins. So I think the Bills have to move heaven and earth to make sure they can put the highest bid out there. 
Like that's for starters. So like the Chiefs kind of have to get a little lucky or they have to outmaneuver the Bills in terms of contract negotiations with Hopkins. Um, so like I think that's a starter. Then that said, I think of the two teams, like I hope he's a Chief. I think it makes the most sense if his goal is to win a Super Bowl and be, you know, the number one wide receiver and be the guy, the Chiefs make more sense than the Bills. It's just the Bills really should do whatever it takes to pay more than the Chiefs. And that's where it gets scary. I don't think at this juncture I'm overly optimistic that he's going to wind up here. I I mean, I it's a narrow shot. It seems like a narrow shot because there's another contender in the AFC that's chasing you already that is going to be vying for the same player. And this isn't even going into the Detroit Lions, who are maybe contender adjacent that actually have cap space right now. They have $23 million in cap space right now. They can make this move. And you add Hopkins to the Detroit Lions, they're, I don't know if they're necessarily Super Bowl contenders, but they're at least in the conversation, right? Like, they, you feel good about that team. So there's a team out there that could come in and pay him right now that still kind of maybe fits what he's looking for. So it's going to be really up to the Chiefs to sell themselves to him and then try to present an offer that's good enough that he would take. And I don't think, I, I think they're, I, I don't, I, I buy every bit of Chiefs and Nuke smoke over the last three months. But now we sit here in May and now it gets a little bit tricky. I think that's where you're at. You are, the, all the, a lot of the cards have been put on the table for the Chiefs. And a lot of the cards have been played. And there's really not a ton of ways right now that you're going to feel comfortable being able for them to create the flexibility in the 2023 cap. And it all requires cash. I think DeAndre Hopkins is getting over up. If I set the over under at seven and a half million dollars guaranteed over. over, if I set the over under at nine and a half million dollars guaranteed to DeAndre Hopkins for 2023. What's the team? Doesn't matter. If it's the Chiefs or Bills, it's going to be under if it's anybody else over. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So it's, uh, what, what does he want to do, right? It's like, what does he want out of think? Does he want to be the final piece that pushes a team into contention, right? Does he want to go to the Jaguars? Does he want to go to the Lions and kind of be that final piece that pushes them up to really contending for a Super Bowl and get that credit, get to be that guy and probably make a little more money? Or does he want to go to a team that's a little bit more established? I'm not, that's not just the Chiefs, although they fit in here too, but like, does he want to go to a team that's a little more established, maybe get a little bit less of the credit pie, obviously have a better chance to win the Super Bowl, have a better chance to finally get a ring that he hasn't gotten yet in his career, right? It's like, what does he want out of the whole thing is kind of like a big question right here. And the timeline. The timeline matters for DeAndre Hopkins because there's a timeline for the Chiefs to make this work. Yeah. It's it's the Chris Jones timeline. And I am still optimistic and believe the Chiefs will get something done with Chris Jones, but it's not even a lock that they're going to get something done with Chris Jones. <laughs> like, that... I mean, that's where things get that thing. That's where things get crazy. You're we, ha, you know, we're having this discussion at this point. It relies on another move being made. That move's not going to be made quickly. So where does it go for DeAndre Hopkins from there? Uh, I want him to be a chief. I hope he holds out and kind of waits and buys his time. He doesn't have to go to OTAs if he doesn't sign somewhere. That's something worth paying attention to. He can kind of yeah. skip a lot of the offseason process if he's not signed to a team. So hopefully he's dragging that out. So she can create resolution with Chris Jones and then kind of see where they go from there. That is going to do it from this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you later. 
Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.